Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Today, I'm going to challenge some of those stereotypes and explore the real relationship between flexible space and startups. Hello, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. I'm Jerry Alexander, your guide to the world of commercial property investment. I want to talk about startups and how we as commercial property investors should view them. I'm even going to give you some details of our very own experiences running multiple business accelerators in our properties. Now, have you ever heard that the customers in the world of flexible office space and co-working in particular are masses of startups? It's all about the startups, new businesses that can be a bit flaky and unreliable sometimes. Sure you have, even if you know it probably isn't quite the whole story. Today, I'm going to challenge some of those stereotypes and explore the real relationship between flexible space and startups. And this could apply to more traditional leased space as well. As always, this is from my own experiences and observations from being in the market for just short of 20 years, but it could be I've led a sheltered life and this is complete nonsense in some parts of the world. In fact, I'm sure there are some flexible space providers who really niche almost exclusively in the world of startups. I'm going to talk about the benefits of working with startups in your multi-let properties, but also some of the downsides and that balance is required. As with most things in life, everything in moderation is the safest path. Let's kick things off by challenging that big myth head on. The idea that flexible spaces are exclusively for startups and new businesses. The reality might surprise you. While it's true that startups do often find a nurturing environment in flexible spaces, particularly ours of course, it's far from the whole story. In fact, some of our most Enduring partnerships, our longest customers have been with the business for many, many years and they've evolved far beyond that startup phase. As our business has matured, of course, we have more and more corporates using our spaces too, which has further diluted that concentration of new businesses using our bases. But I have to say, over the years, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not anywhere near where the the noise out there would make you believe. But before we go any further, let's talk about some definitions here. It's probably important that we actually talk about what a startup is, or at least my context anyway. It's essential to define what I'm talking about. So when I'm referring to startups, I'm not referring to the unicorns, those multi-million dollar businesses that spend vast quantities of money long before they ever turn a profit. Instead, I want to focus on the smaller scale operations, the one or two person businesses, the early stage entrepreneurs who are quite frankly still figuring out what their unique offering is. As private investors, these are more the type of startups that we're used to. And a startup is often defined as firstly a new business, right? That's a given. And secondly, there's there's risk and uncertainty surrounding it. But 
what business doesn't have risk and uncertainty when it's starting out, right? And often they're seeking funding. Again, most businesses do, not just to the tune of billions, which some do. And these days, an innovation, particularly around technology, is often associated with startups, but not exclusively. And often fast growth is associated with startups. I said in the same breath. But actually, there is no concrete definition. So a new hairdressing hairdressing? Hairdressing salon, for instance, or hairdressing business, could tick a number of those boxes, right? By definition, it's new. It could provide an innovative approach, use a unique marketing approach to gain customers, plus it could use technology to improve customer interactions and experience. So that sounds like a startup to me. The key thing, though, the attribute that everyone is holding their breath for is the startup turning into a more sustainable business with sustained business development. And through everything we've done with startups, sustainability, and our own business, and looking at our viewpoint of buildings is often about sustainability. And I'm not talking from an ecological point of view, but can this thing actually stand on its own two feet? And startups and flexible space do go hand in hand, though. So consider uh, an innovative marketing agency, right? A startup. And it begins with maybe one or two people. And as they expand, they might need more private space, confidential meeting rooms, maybe for some strategic planning or employee meetings. And as their team grows, they can use a flexible space provider that understands that, that transition and offers flexible solutions to help them in that growth journey. And that's where we come in, right? Startups do have an undeniable attraction, though. They really can be fun to be around. They bring an infectious energy and an innovative spirit that can be quite contagious. So if you have a, a location that's maybe just a little bit more staid, these businesses can be really inspirational. However, the real magic happens when those startups evolve into sustainable businesses. The question then becomes, how can we support these startups in their journey to become sustainable? Now, let's debunk another myth. Startups are limited to the tech realm. Well, that's just not true. They can be found in lots of different sectors, each offering unique benefits to us as providers of space, such as increased occupancy. This is if you have startups in your, in your location. Increased occupancy, a vibrancy, more footfall, people coming to see them, and of course that long-term potential. But, and it is a big but, surviving solely on startups can be a financial roller coaster. They're not always flush with capital or stable, and that's where the challenge lies. So for instance, if we had a, a new widget company that starts in a flexible space, they're working on tight budgets, they might have big dreams, but as they grow, they need more dedicated space and different types of spaces if they're starting to do manufacturing. And although that transition into those bigger spaces and more spaces sign its success, it's also a moment when the budget and frailties of that younger stage of business development can really become unstuck. So if we relied exclusively on security of startup businesses, it could be a lot of feast 
or famine for your cash flow, which may mean that your business is not quite so sustainable. And don't forget also that if you're really focused on providing open plan, shared or co-working space, if that's your business model, the limitations of that open plan environment become pretty apparent as some of those startup businesses actually grow and succeed. Because they might need more space and you might not be able to provide it, provide it if that's not part of your offering. And it's a delicate balance of accommodating the growth, but also retaining those valued customers by giving them a mixture of spaces. That's why I think that when you're looking at buildings and assessing them, you really need to have a mix of shared co-work space and private space. And in our experience, finding success in the flexible space game really does require a blend of new and mature businesses. And I'm going to come on to that in a little bit when I talk about the business accelerator we used to run. So as you establish yourself in this industry, you naturally attract more established businesses, right? As you are on the block for longer. And this balance with more mature established businesses and the vibrancy of the younger ones prevents that constant churn and safeguards against losing some of those startups as they grow in their initial spaces. So let me just tell you about that accelerator. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. About 10 years ago, I was getting really frustrated with how disjointed the local enterprise support offering functioned. It wasn't functioning in a particularly joined up way. Lots of big hearts and people wanting to make a difference, but a lot of structural things that made it very difficult. And I wanted to cut through that and make a difference, particularly locally, but also it needed to be sustainable, right? And a bit before this time, I'd met my friend Callum, who some of you may have heard, he interviews me on the very first CPI podcast, actually, because I thought, how am I going to do a podcast? I'll get Callum to help me. <laughs> and we agreed to do something about the um, startup space together, based where we are in, um, in East Coast of Scotland. Now, Liberty Space, our operating business, had some office space and a community of established businesses already, plus a few contacts to help support our efforts. And Callum brought his own connections, enthusiasm and know-how. And we launched a business accelerator. So what formed that accelerator offer was free space to operate from for any of the startups that applied. There was an application process that applied and became um, joined us on the programme. But essentially, they were in a shared space or a co-working space. We provided 20 weeks, so five months, yeah, five months roughly, 
And in that time, we gave him 20 different seminars. We didn't ourselves. We did one or two. But basically, there was experts that came in and shared their experiences. And actually, what we were doing was helping them build up a business plan. We just never really spoke openly because some people find the whole process of building a business plan a bit daunting. So we helped them through various areas of marketing, HR, product development, all these sorts of things. And crucially, crucially, it was wrapped in an environment of existing businesses. It was in the centre of our locations. And I think that's a vital part that many accelerators miss. They're all, not all, but a lot of them are quite clinical and insular because they are an accelerator. They might be in a corporate. So, for instance, might be um, an accountancy or a bank. And actually, they're in a room or in a space that isn't surrounded by other businesses. Where's the reality of running a real business connected to that? It's not. And as, a, as an aside, if you are looking at a business accelerator to run in one of your spaces, there are so many different types. In fact, sorry, if you're looking at a business accelerator, even from the point of view of I'm a startup and I want to find a business accelerator to help my business grow. And there are lots of them out there now. And there's so many different types and crucially with many different agendas. So make sure you understand their real purpose And does it fit with your plans? There's nothing wrong with somebody having an agenda. They need to have a strategy and a reason, right? But it does need to be in parallel with what you're trying to achieve. Anyway, back to our our example. We ended up actually running 10 programs across five years. Now, this wasn't a big moneymaker, right? But that wasn't the primary objective here. It was to make a difference on a local level, first and foremost, then to try and create change in the sector because almost all the others in Scotland, that's accelerators at the time, were funded in one way or another by the public sector. So there wasn't much room for innovation in there. And of course, the sustainability for Liberty Space's point of view was that the environment it helped to create at the core of our locations and the exposure to some future clients who may choose to stay with us, and many have, even years later. Some have had some really great success and some succeeded in realising that being an entrepreneur was not actually for them, but they did that and they'd made that discovery in the safe environment we provided for them. And maybe maybe I should have shared that experience with you at the start of this episode, but if you're thinking of trying anything similar, then reach out. I'm happy to talk about it. There are definitely a few episodes worth of experiences in there. But basically, A few years down the track, we still have a number of customers that came through that experience that are in our buildings. And what it did at the time was it helped during that phase of growth for filling our buildings by bringing in and attracting some of those new startup businesses, the support network for that, the marketing and the, I guess, the visibility for us so that we could attract other customers to our buildings. And those really are the things beyond that tangible benefit, I guess, of you know getting extra occupancy or rental income. There was less quantifiable rewards there too. Obviously, there's the joy of giving back and helping these businesses get a real satisfaction from that. And the impact on the morale of yourself and your team 
And it also makes you reflect on how you run your own business. And I'm not saying go and run a business accelerator. I'm really trying to talk to you about startups and how they should form part of the mix of a flexible space. But yes, um, and it is another, but it's not always smooth sailing. So we've actually invested in some startups. We've provided an array of services for them. We've created those workshops for them. And by the way, it was all for free. However, there are instances where some of those startups seem to show what I would say is a, a lack of loyalty or support by taking space elsewhere when it came time to do so. And it was quite frustrating because on a number of occasions, they never even asked. And I always reflect on that thinking, well, actually, maybe that's just us with poor systems and we need to get better. And we did get better. But it can be frustrating and demoralising. But I think the thing is, don't take it personally. So there were a couple of cases where we supported a startup in early stages offering that space, of course, but also mentorship and access to resources. And as they grew, they chose to move to a different location. So they did the 20 weeks with us. They maybe hung around for a bit and then they went to a different location. But that was because a different location was offering more specialised facilities for what they were trying to do. So while it stung a bit, we also recognised this was just part of the journey. And it is a fine line between supporting startups and understanding that they might outgrow their initial space or the type of environment that you have. So we didn't select, we called that program Acorn. We didn't select Acorns or startup businesses to go on that program purely based on the fact that, oh, these could be a good customer. Some of them were never going to be a customer. They might have um, had a coffee shop. I remember a lady who was on the program had a coffee shop. And she wasn't going to have a coffee shop in one of our locations because we have one coffee shop, but we run it ourselves. So, you know, we, we try to make sure the selection process was more about the mixture of businesses so they would work better together and also those that actually had the best chance of success, or at least in our eyes anyway. So while it did sting that some of those moved out, actually, interestingly, some of them have since come back. And some of the ones that went through the program way back at the start are still with it. We're still with us, sorry. And I think it's just part of life's ever-expanding tapestry, right? Sometimes when you put things out into the universe, it does pay you back. But you just might need to garner some belief and a little patience until it starts to come back to you. So there you have it. My thoughts on the relationship between flex space and startups. It is dynamic. It's an ever-evolving landscape with these guys, but balance is key. Embracing that energy of startups while catering to the needs of more established businesses creates that, let's say, that, that harmonious ecosystem <laughs> where the new businesses are benefiting from having established businesses around them where they might get some mentorship, some tips, some customers or whatever, but also those existing customers, established businesses that you have, are benefiting from the energy and the dynas dyn the uh, <laughs> benefiting from the the um, nice environment these guys bring because it's energizing and it helps with their staff. It helps them think about their own businesses. So the two working together is fantastic. So if you're thinking about 
your own premises and you're thinking, right, I need to find loads of new businesses and startups, that's my focus, that is not strictly correct. You need a good balance and established businesses and corporate businesses will take space with you, but having that mix is a real, there's a, definitely a sweet spot in there. So thanks for joining me on this journey into FlexSpace and startups. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out. But until next time, this is Jerry Alexander. Happy investing and make sure you get in the swim. 